A lot to talk about coming up this week with what's going to happen on Canada Day. A lot of information and news about the freedom for the Freedom Convoy organizers. Uh, for example, there's this, one of the judges who presided over court hearings of the so-called Freedom Convoy organizers is speaking out now after receiving threats that were serious enough to actually require police intervention. That's according to a, a report by Radio Canada and CBC. Meanwhile, Freedom Convoy leader Tamara Litch has been rearrested in Medi- Medicine Hat, Alberta, allegedly for breaching her bail conditions. We don't know precisely which bail conditions she is alleged to have breached. That's in the news. And the federal government has now agreed to provide sensitive cabinet documents to the inquiry that is looking at the use of the Emergencies Act. Uh, The Public Order Emergency Commission says the government has agreed that it will not claim cabinet privilege over all of those documents. All of this in a week where we're leading up to Canada Day and we're not really sure what is going to happen. Ottawa police say they're ready. I think we've heard that before. I'm pleased to welcome back to the program freelance investigative journalist Justin Ling, who has widely covered the so-called Freedom Convoy. Welcome back, Justin. Hey, good afternoon. Do you have a sense of what's going to happen in the Capitol on Friday? No, (laughs) not really. Um, I I think we can count on a couple things. We know that there are some events being planned and put together by some of, I'm going to call them more mainstream, but that kind of feels like the wrong word, Um, maybe the more establishment, so-called Freedom Convoy types. These are individuals who were present for the occupation in January and February, but who did not face charges, did not face arrest, are not out on bail. Um, They've been kind of organizing around a guy named James Top for the last number of months. Uh, James is a veteran. He was is in the process of being released from the Canadian Armed Forces because he decided to record a video endorsing the Freedom Convoy while in uniform, which you cannot do in the Canadian Armed Forces. He's in the process of being released, uh, and, and because of that, he started running across the country. He left from Vancouver a couple months ago. He's arrived in Ottawa in recent days, uh, and the whole thing is in protest of vaccine mandates. Uh, so a whole bunch of organizations uh, have kind of gathered around him. He's sort of headlining. He has has headlined a series of events over the past week. He will be headlining um, a sort of picnic and rally uh, on the 30th and on the 1st, but we don't expect that that's going to be terribly flashy. They have said explicitly, this is not the start of another convoy. It's not the start of another occupation. They're not even calling it a protest. It is a rally, a demonstration, and I expect it's going to be, maybe a march as well, it's going to be relatively low-key. So that part we're going to keep an eye on, but I, I don't anticipate it's going to get wild like last time. But there's another element to this. There is a a group of individuals who are present in the occupation who are talking about the need to go more radical. They're explicitly saying the time for peaceful protest is over. They're saying they want to go show up at a courthouse in Ottawa, present some magical papers that will give them legal authority to go arrest the prime minister and the premiers and the health ministers and the mayors and all this other stuff. Um, they are, according to them, we have no idea 
how organized they are, to be honest. We have no idea how many people are behind this movement. But the chief organizer says he has 5,000 people signed up, especially ex-military, ex-police. He says they they purchase defensive gear, including riot shields, and that they're not going to leave until they get their way. So that is the big question mark. We have no idea how effective that's going to be. It could totally fizzle out. It could be a really touch-and-go situation. So that is the thing I think a lot of folks, including Canadian intelligence, are keeping tabs on. There's an old adage about generals always fighting the the last war and not the current war. So you you have to wonder, are Ottawa police preparing for something that is not going to happen? In other words, trucks um, just occupying downtown Ottawa and that it might be something else instead. I think that's definitely a real risk. Um, we, we know Ottawa police have basically shut off downtown to vehicles um, for Canada Day. That's not tremendously exceptional, to be honest. But um, you know, I, I think they're probably quite worried about the, the possibility of trucks and, and vehicles and campers arriving. And, 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 and for all we know, that could still happen. So it, it's a completely reasonable thing to be prepared for. Um, but we have no idea how you know attuned ottawa police are to the threat possibly posed by some of these smaller more radical groups um, we have seen them organize in recent weeks and months you know, the the folks i'm talking about who are hatching this courthouse plan are really just one segment of a series of radical more radical groups who have latched on integrated themselves into the convoy movement, into the you know, so-called freedom movement. Um, and some of them are not quite as uh, open and public and forthcoming about their plans as some of these other groups. So you know, I've seen an intelligence assessment prepared for Ottawa police by a federal intelligence agency that is warning explicitly there could be individuals, lone wolves, or smaller groups who are plotting something we just don't know about right now. Um, it is incredibly hard to keep tabs on the constantly shifting um, and changing and, and, and we recently sprung up groups uh, in this ecosystem. So um, we may well be following the wrong groups. We may well be following groups that were influential five months ago who are now playing second fiddle to, to more radical groups that have sprung up from the ether. So it's an incredibly difficult situation to follow. Um, I have to imagine the Ottawa police are leaning as heavily as they possibly can on the RCMP, on CSIS, on other security partners. Um, but we don't, I mean, you can never really know if you're prepared until it happens. Uh, speaking with Justin Ling, a freelance investigative journalist, and, you know, Justin, I followed a lot of your reporting about the various radical elements that were involved in the Freedom Convoy. And so we have that, and then at the same time we have what I also mentioned in my introduction, which is a, a real look at the, the use of the Emergencies Act and whether or not, you know, who asked and and who requested it and was it warranted and all of that. I, I'm wondering if... You know, I think for, for a lot of people, it's difficult to sort of square those two narratives in their minds. I wonder how you do that. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, the reality is the, the chaos in Ottawa was brought about by a lack of preparedness. I mean, as these things often are, I mean, you can't go back and change things. But if we had had the good foresight to be more attuned to these, um, these threats, um, we would be in a very different spot. And it was a federal intelligence assessment that told Ottawa police that the risk of a long-term occupation was, was non-existent. And that turned out to be, you know, uh, now comically wrong. Um, you know, as time went on, the federal government <laughs> had a real 
inability to communicate effectively and clearly with the public and to explain what they were doing, what they needed. Um, and it, it brought us to a situation where it felt like a lot of this was being done behind closed doors and then has continued right up until today. Like you mentioned, the federal government has agreed to release cabinet confidences to this uh, inquiry that is tasked with reviewing the invocation of the Emergencies Act. But famously, they didn't do that for a parliamentary committee that is currently studying the use of the Emergencies Act. You know, the Liberal government really wants to have a, you know, accountability and transparency only on their own terms, which is not really accountability or transparency. I think we will find in due time that the Emergencies Act was necessary and it was used responsibly. I mean, I, I think that's somewhat clear based on what we've seen on the ground. Um, there was not, based on what I've seen, an abuse of the powers given to the federal government. But we will never really truly know that until a full investigation and full inquiry from multiple parties is done. And the liberal government has not been keen to make that possible. So it is a frustrating situation where, you, you know, you're, con you're simultaneously trying to keep tabs and, you know, on this um, increasingly, you know, radicalized movement where, you know, the threat, Posed to the public, to public safety, the national, to the economy is quite clear. But the federal government is, you know, maybe using the right tools, but doing so little to build the public trust necessary to instill confidence in those tools that it's hamstringing the entire operation. Right? You know, it, it is really frustrating now to be in a spot where the entire thing has become so politicized not unlike the January 6th committee in the US obviously different you know magnitude of a problem but it's the same thing the process has become so politicized we've lost all sort of perspective on the actual threats facing the country i mean in the midst of this occupation in the midst of this crisis we had a plot allegedly you know disrupted by the RCMP that could have led to you know many dead police officers and civilians. And we have just totally skated over that. And this is a real concern that is not going away. The group allegedly behind that is still active. It will probably come out to the candidates, you know, celebrations, protests. And we are just blithe to the real threat of, dom you know, of domestic terrorism that is, that is really uh, present right now. Justin, great to talk to you as always. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me. That's Justin Ling, who's a freelance investigative journalist who has covered the, as it often reported in quotes, so-called Freedom Convoy protest. You see that in the, in the Newswire copy all the time. I think we need something a little less clunky to call that, don't we? And there's a lot of concern, of course, what is going to happen on Canada Day.